Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your name today. We thank you, God, for your presence being here in this place. We trust and know that you are here for us and you will answer our prayers. We put our faith and trust in you. And we know, God, that you are powerful. You are a mighty God. You are alive and well. And we thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers. Lord, we vow to you today that we will turn away from sin. We will turn our hearts towards you. And we will lift you up. God, bless this church. Bless this church body. Your church body. This is your church, God. And we vow to do your work. Bless us, Lord, to do your work. We need your anointing. We need your power in this place. Lord, we love you and we bless your name today. Everybody say amen. Amen. Go with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Nothing like just going all the way back to the beginning. Here last Sunday we were talking about the end. But I want to pull out just a little bit of scripture here. And read to you from Genesis 4. And I want to read 11 verses if you'll bear with me just a little bit. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 through 11. Adam lay with his wife Eve and she became pregnant, became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, she said, with the help of the Lord I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Verse 6, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know. He replied, am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what you have done, or he said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse. This is a story that we have heard many, many times over. But I want to pull from this today, and I want to speak to you today with the title of Cleaning House. Cleaning House. It is time to clean house. This is our house. Many of you have your house that you live in. We all do. An apartment. We have a roof over our head. And there are different ways that many of us clean. How many of you, I'll just ask this, how many of you, you'll raise your hand, you say, I really enjoy cleaning my house. I love to clean. I love to organize. Anybody just, you love doing that. That's something, it's, yes. Let's see the hands again. I want to see if there's any men we got a couple of men here. Yeah. They enjoy that. My wife, when she gets to, my wife gets some enjoyment when it's a Saturday morning. Everything's kind of smoothed out. It's going good. And she has time to really invest in the home, clean the home, get in the corners, get down on the baseboards. Some of this stuff we may be paying for now, but uh, we do have a, a cleaning person that we hire periodically to do the, deep cleaning 
Man, have you ever been involved in a deep cleaning? Has you ever been conned into that? Quick story, I'll get off topic just for a minute on the cleaning of the house. But I went to the dentist um, several years ago, and the, the dentist said, hey, everything looks good. All the x-rays are good, no cavities. All we're going to do is we're going to do a deep cleaning. And I was like, hey, bro, I, I'm all about the deep cleaning. I want my teeth extra clean. And I was excited about a deep cleaning at the dentist office. If you've never been to the dentist office where they offer this service to have a deep cleaning, as soon as they say, hey, we're going to do a deep cleaning, get up out of your chair and run out of the building and, and don't even pay. Just, just leave and say, hey, I'll send y'all a check in the mail. Because this is what happens in a dental deep cleaning. First thing they're going to do is they're going to bring in the needles and the lidocaine. And it was like shot, shot. First of all, I was like, why am I getting a shot for a cleaning? And he said, well, this is a deep cleaning. <laughs> Some of us need to get at this altar and have a deep cleaning, a deep cleaning. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to get into that today. But I'm telling you, it was my entire face was numb. I was, uh, uh, and the dentist might want to talk to you. So how are things going uh, at your job? Well, <laughs> And how are, the, how are your boys? I understand completely. Me too. So that's the that's the that's where I was at at the dentist office, and they I guess they just he's like, man, we're going below the gum line, we're going down deep, and uh, I think they cleaned the bottom side of my teeth on that visit, and uh, I don't know the, how that stuff gets down there, but they were cleaning the roots and uh, the bone and everything else. I walked out of there really clean. You know, it's great to walk out of a church service and just be so clean and full of the Holy Ghost that you're like, man, I know that I know that I know. Amen. But cleaning is something that many of us love to do, but there's, I would, well, not many, because a show of hands showed not many here love to do it. Now let's raise the hands. How many of you absolutely just despise cleaning? You, you'll be honest. I'm in church. I'm not going to lie. I hate it. I hate to clean. How, now, now I want to ask this question, how do you clean? When you are cleaning your house, how do you clean? Do you clean with everything going into a certain spot? Does everything go where it's supposed to go? Do you plan well ahead if there's a... This is what makes you clean your home. Plan a party. Plan a get-together. Plan something that's... They're coming. Don't worry. They're coming. You'll put it off. They're coming. December 24th, April, everybody's coming over. Christmas Eve, they're here. They're all going to be here. We put it off. We put it off. We put December 23rd, we're like, okay, well, we've got to clean tonight. It is midnight. We've got to clean the house. So just know this, and this was last Sunday. God is coming back. It is time to clean house. It is time to clean house. Quit being the one who is doing the last second panic cleaning. It's that panic cleaning. It's that last second stuff. The last second cleaners are always panicked. So let me give you a picture of some last second cleaners. I got a couple of pictures. This is how many people clean last second. So if you've got a, so leave it here for a while. Just leave it here. This could have very well have been me as a child and mom or dad says 
I want that, I have told you and I have told you I want that room clean. I'm giving, I want that room clean right now. Or I knew they were coming to check it and I hadn't cleaned it. And so where does everything go? Up under the bed. And we thank God for the dust ruffle that hides everything. I mean, it's just, we're doing this right here. And so what, what that looks like, I brought some things with me today. And I know that um, I don't normally do this, so y'all just have to bear with me. So what we're going to do today is, the title is Cleaning House, and, but what I want to focus on today is um, what I'm about to do right here, where I'm just going to take this rug and I'm going to lift it up. And many of us live a lifestyle where the, the trash that is on here, it's not trash, but the things that I have here, this is going to represent sin today. And so I can take this sin, and it's not that much. You know, I haven't been just the worst person in the world. And so I can begin to just sweep this under the rug here. Okay? Because, and that's how some of us live our life right here. We still have it in our hearts. We never got rid of it. But we're so worried about our image of living a right life, of living a Christian life, and it's so much easier. It's just, it's easier just to sweep it under the rug and we just lay that rug down. And it's really not that noticeable. You know, if I had done that before church, somebody would have said, well, that's probably just a fold in the rug and it's really not that big of a deal. It's really not that big of a deal. It's really not that noticeable. And many of them wouldn't even have noticed the fold in the rug. And then if I really want to hide things down, I can just come over here on this paper balls that are right here and smash that down. And we can start to cover up our sin. We can start to hide this. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's good. I got rid of it. I, it's gone. No, it's not gone. You just swept it under the rug. You just hid yeah. your sin. What did, what did Cain do? Let's go back and look at this. First of all, I want to look at how the Lord looked on Abel with favor on his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. You may look at your own life right now and you say, I just don't have the favor of God. I just don't see, things just aren't lining up for me. I've been coming to church. I've been doing the things that I need to do. I've been doing all the things that, that God requires. Have you really? Because then the Lord said to Cain, if you do what is right, that's in verse 7. If you want to skip to verse 7, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Many of us want someone else to do the cleaning for us. We want to come to the altar, raise our hands, Lord, touch me, pastor, anoint me with oil, and make it to where I just don't sin anymore. I don't want to sin. I hate sin. Sin stinks, and I don't want to sin anymore. Just take it away from me. Make me to be sin-free. Make me to love you, God. Just cleanse my heart. Do all the work for me. You decide. What does it say right here? It says, you must master it. You must master it. There is work for you to do. Yep. You have a choice. You have a free will. Yep. 
I choose to love this woman because I choose to love, I choose, I chose to love her. I chose to give her attention. I chose to come home at night. Many people want to say, I love the Lord. I'm a Christian. God loves me. I love him. He knows it. I know it. Everybody in the world knows it. Oh, really? Try this. Don't come home to your wife for about six weeks to a month or two months, three months. I know there's more weeks. There's, I just said six weeks to a month. <laughs> six weeks to three months to a year. Just don't come home at night. Just don't show up. You know, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So just don't show up. Just don't come. Don't read your word. Don't pray. Don't come when the doors are open. Just don't show up. And then claim that you have a close relationship. Okay? It doesn't work that way. You need to communicate. You need to read. You need to voice your your prayers to God, you've got to communicate and you need to build a relationship. I know I say this so, so much. It is so true. You will never, ever get the results you want with this pity, pity party, patty cake for Jesus lifestyle where it's just patty cake, patty cake. One, two, three. Me and Jesus. Somebody, I don't even know what rhymes now. Me and Jesus are close, can't you see? And you, you literally, you're, it's like, you're living a nursery rhyme, patty cake. It's not real. It's a platonic relationship. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm so Christian, I can't stand it. Why are you a Christian? Because I listen to 89.5, and I come to church every fifth Monday, or every fifth Sunday. That's, I'm a Christian. Look at me. See? I have a... I got a chrome fish on the back. Brother Steve sings a song about a chrome fish, the little chrome fish on the back of the car. Oh, I'm officially going to heaven now. I'm officially, yeah, wow. That's funny because y'all caught the joke before I did, and I'm the one who said it. Let's write that down. We'll use that later. Officially. I love y'all so much. Let's go to 1 Peter 1.13. Therefore, prepare your minds. Oh, wait, there was another picture. Let's show the other picture. Hold on, there was another one. This is a closet. That's an up and down. There's a shelf. I'm sorry. It's so messy. You can't even make uh, up and See the shoes at the bottom? This is your spiritual closet, okay? This is your spiritual closet. You just cram everything in there. You shut the door. It's not organized. Everything's not where it's supposed to be. There's some stink in there. It stinks. Spiritual Febreze. I mean, it's, there's trash under here, and we just want to cover it up. So, Odoban eliminates odors. It, uh, it, it eliminates odors or it covers up odors. Some spiritual Febreze right there for you. First Peter 1.13. Therefore, prepare your minds for, everybody say, action. 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 It says alert and fully sober. My Bible says action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Second Peter 1.10 says, make your calling and election sure. 
How many want to roll the dice and walk out of here today and say, I'm rolling on a good old maybe. I'm thinking I might. You know what? If God comes on a Monday, I'm probably going to be saved because that's when I listen to my radio on Christian radio. But if he comes on a Friday night, oh, well, Lord, don't come on a Friday night. You know, I was talking to a, a friend of mine years ago, and this man was living a lifestyle like I was living a lifestyle. Go to church. Sunday's great. God comes back on a Sunday. Woo, we good. We going to heaven. I've just repented of all my sins. Monday morning, right back into the same lifestyle. He was living that same lifestyle as I was. And he said, man, he was in a, a pretty bad wreck. And he said, man, I was just like, thank God that I was listening to my radio. He said, I don't normally listen to this station, but I was listening to 89.5 right when the wreck happened. He just felt good about that. And I'm just thinking, man, it's just it's the wrong way to be living. And I knew it. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, man, I know, I know. But in my heart, in my mind, I'm thinking that's so wrong to be just like hoping and wishing that God will just, if he comes back, is it the right day? Is it the right time? You know, it's like when your wife is there in the house with you and she says, hey, what you, what you, she walks around behind the couch and she just looks at you holding your phone and you're like hoping that you're not texting the wrong person or looking at the wrong thing. Come on, because it's just a chance, right? It's just a chance. It's true. It is true. Are you living a lifestyle where you're just hoping that God, when He comes back, when He takes you home, if He so chooses to take someone home today, am I living for God today? You know, there is a stance that Christianity has of a once saved, always saved mentality and religion. If you want to go that route, I, Lord bless you. I am not willing I am not willing to base my salvation on a lifestyle like this. Lord, I love you. I give my heart to you. I confess my sins to you. Lord, I know that you are my Savior. I've been baptized in your name. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, for the next six months, whatever, pick a time frame. I'm not going to live for you. I'm going to turn my back on you and I am going to delve into sin and I'm going to lock in. And, but listen, Lord, don't worry because I know that I have influence. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take some of this sin and this trash and don't worry, Lord, because with everybody else and what they're seeing, I'll just sweep it under the rug and they won't see it. They won't see it. little trash here, a cup, box of plastic forks. You know how it goes. We just, yeah, we need to get that. Yeah, we'll get that up under real good. It's okay, God. Don't worry. Don't worry, Lord, because I'm going to make sure that everybody, when they see me, everything's good. Now, how many people see this big hump in this rug now? Yeah, everybody sees the big hump in the rug. You feel like you're hiding your sin. You feel like everything's good. You're covering up. But see, people see your rotten attitude. They see how mean you are to your wife. They see how mean you are to your kids. They see how you look one way and say one thing and say another. 
they see this. This is, this is a, I can't really put my finger on it. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know what's under the rug. I just know that something's not right with that woman. Something's not right with that dude. Something's not right. There's a big old hump in this rug. I don't know what's under there, but something's not right. Absolutely. That's a great point. That causes us to stumble. And honestly, what it could do, somebody else who's walking. So you're in sin and your nasty sin lifestyle of hiding sin and pretending like you are Miss Christian, Mr. Christian. And now somebody else walks along and they want to get close to you and they stumbling and falling all over your junk. Now listen, sometimes, you know, oh, it's laugh, laugh, laugh at Covenant Church. Oh, it's a, it's a cool video. There's an Air Force or something. I mean, sometimes we've got to get down at the nitty-gritty and we've got we to we gotta look under here. You know, man, alive, there is some dirt under there. Sometimes you, when you're cleaning house, what do you got to do? You've got to look for some dirt in places you don't normally look for it, okay? Amen? I'm the senior captain of my fire station. When it comes time for cleaning, I don't just walk in like this and say, well, did they clean the station? No. Every once in a while, I do this. Light fixtures. Behind the toilet. Behind the doors. The other day, I said, guys, don't sweep the main floor. Just don't even sweep it. Go to every single door in the place and sweep behind every single door. You don't have to sweep the whole station. Just sweep behind every single door and every piece of appliance and furniture we got under and behind. It takes that. It takes some effort. It takes you sometimes doing a real self-gut check and saying, Lord, where am I failing? Where am I faltering? Where am I going wrong here? Because I'm getting some rotten results. There's something, and it stinks, Lord. It's just something that stinks, and I don't know where am I going wrong. I don't really want to go into there. I don't really want to delve into it. I don't want to go into the corners and really get down on my knees. Come on now, get on my knees. Have we ever done that? Get on my knees. And really get down there and get that stuff clean and just really work and work. I don't want to do the work. I don't want to put the work in. So what do I do? Oh, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Y'all, it smells so good up here right now. I mean. (coughs) That was not a fake cough. I really sucked some of it in. Original eucalyptus, keep out of reach of children. <laughs> Honestly, this is no joke. I literally today, absolutely, this is no joke. I ran out of cologne today. She knows it. I threw the bottle in the trash. I said, I need cologne. I'm out. Here we go. <laughs> now, I put this on like my wife puts it on. How many of you ladies, when you, your husband... Oh, this, this, hey, I'm not, I'll pretend like it don't bother me, but there's a part of me that it does bother me. I, the last bottle of perfume I bought for my wife was about $150. Now, granted, I did buy it on a cruise ship, so I probably paid about $75 too much. But it's nice. And she wants to put it on like this. She walks into it. Ladies, y'all know you do it. You, I'm like, girl. That costs a lot of money. Sock it right there behind that ear. (laughs) I want to see a run line coming down. I want to see trickles down the arms, you know, rub it. 
Us guys, what do we do? We're like, we're putting it on our clothes, on our neck, in our hair, under our arms. That's why I ran out. I used too much. All right, let's, let's go back in the scripture now. Let's look back now at, at, at the story of Cain and Abel. All right, Cain panicked and he swept his sin under the rug. That's what happened with Cain. The truth is he really didn't sweep his sin under the rug. The truth is he attempted to. He attempted to. Because the Lord says in, in uh, verse 8, I'm sorry, in verse 9, then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And heaven help anybody who wants to get smart with God. I don't know. I don't know. What do I look like? My brother's keeper? What am I supposed to be doing? Watching out for everybody? What? I just got to watch out for everybody now, God. Where? If, if the pastor or somebody comes to you and they say, hey, where... where Where's your friend? Your buddy been coming to church. I don't know. What am I supposed to be? My brother's keeper? Yeah, it would be good that you could get your life right and you could live for God in the way that you're supposed to live for God and get this trash out from under your rug because you caused your brother to stumble now and your brother's not here. Your sister's not here in the Lord. And you say, I say, where are they at? I don't know. What am I, my brother's keeper? Yeah, you are. You're the one who got them here. My goodness. Show a little effort and help somebody to stay plugged in to be continually better. And it takes some effort sometimes. Sometimes you got to text somebody. Sometimes you got to call somebody. Sometimes you got to lift somebody up. Help somebody when they're down. If you think about somebody's name in the middle of the week, don't dismiss it. Maybe God's moving on you to text them right then and say, I don't know why I'm texting you. I don't know why I'm calling you. I'm just saying right now, God is with you. He is your strength and your fortress, your mighty strong tower. Whatever you want to say, lift them up in a text. Don't just dismiss it. The truth is he attempted. Church, I'm telling you today, you do not want to remove yourself from the favor of God. He told, he told Cain, he said, you could be in favor with me too. He said, if you would do what is right. It's so, sometimes it's so simple. Just do the right thing. Every one of us this next week, starting when we walk out of these doors, there's going to be a choice. Who's going to get the first choice? Who's going to get the first choice? Possibility to make a decision to do the right thing. And you know what the right thing is. You don't have to be told, uh, <clears throat> don't do that. Right. Or like we like to pretend, we speak like God in the microphone. Uh, don't do that. Don't even think about it. Uh-uh. See, that's how so many want, they want to live their life for God. They want to, to have somebody there just, but you must master it. You must do the work. Sometimes it takes you getting up under that rug and say, man, I am so tired. I am so tired. And I'm, you know, it's, I worked all day and it's, it's, it's not completely clean. Well, that's a little bit better. You know, we say here all the time, continually better. A church full of comeback stories. You know, there's still some trash. There's still some things I'm dealing with. I've been going through deliverance. I went to a deliverance prayer. I've been coming to the altar. I've been giving my heart to the Lord, but I keep on coming. I keep plugging away. And you know what I need to do is I need to quit covering it up. Yeah. I'm going to quit doing this. 
Because this only works for a season. This only works for a small amount of time. I know it's very simple today, and I know it's not real complicated. But you know what? If you overcomplicate things too much, you just kind of get lost in the cloud of complicatedness. I mean, I could have put together this massive sermon today with a lot of just complications and a lot of complicated words and just... It just kind of lost us. But I like to get down and get real with people. And I definitely like to, here's what I really like to do, and this is how I really can relate to people, is I help people to, they relate to me, I relate to them by saying, this is how, this is me. This is me about five years ago. And I say, don't do like me. I mean, simply just like, if you can, if this is you now, I'm telling you, there's so much good. There is so much greatness. There is so much joy and peace and happiness in the Holy Spirit. There is so much. There's unity in the home. There's children that will love you. Everything that you want, but you're afraid. You won't say it to your wife. You won't say it to your husband. You won't say it to your family. But in, in your heart, in your mind, you say, I, wish, I just wish there was some peace and harmony in our home. I just wish that we didn't fight so much. I just wish that we weren't right on the cusp of divorce all the time. Because every time we fight, everybody, somebody says, every time in a fight, well, why don't you just divorce me? Just go get a divorce. Go to the courthouse right now. Just go. Just go. Just go to the courthouse. You know you want to leave me? Just leave me. And you go there every time. And you really hope, you're like, man, I really wish we weren't there. I'm telling you, it's because there is some rot somewhere in the relationship. There is some rottenness. There is some stink. There is some sin. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And I'm telling you, some of y'all's breath, just like my breath, be stinking. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the nastiness and the attitudes and the hatred and the sin that's in your heart comes out in the way you portray yourself and speak to others. And you're like, and, but here's you. Here's me. I said, well, they don't know. They don't know. See how I covered it all up, Adam? I just covered it all up. Nobody knows. Yeah, yeah we see your rug got a big old hump in it. Our rug's flat. We, we actually came to the Lord in a real manner and a real God changed us from the real sin we were in and now we're really changed. And it is a, I'm a new creation. Your rug got a little bit of a hump in it. Some, I, mean, I mean, I know you say you're good, but now you, you kind of got a hump in your, you got something under there and we can't see it, but we just know something's not quite right with you. We all have a mind, will, and emotions. I want you to think about your mind, will, and emotions today as tools. Just like this broom is a tool. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4 verses, uh, and verse 4. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of the flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. So I want to go back to that again on talking about favor, being in the favor of God. How do we get favor with God? How do we be in favor with God? First, you need to build a relationship with Him. Secondly, you need to seek more of Him. And thirdly, you just need to clean house and get rid of sin. 
Turn away from the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Can we all remember three things? Three things. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Most everything in this world revolves around those things. And here they are under this rug. And if you're dealing with it, you're, it's in your heart, it's in your life. And here's the bad thing. Here's the trick of the enemy. The trick of the enemy is don't bring this up. Don't talk about this. Don't tell anyone around you because they're going to think less of you. No. We have built a culture here. God has built a culture here at Covenant Church of being open and forthcoming and letting people know, hey, I just want to tell you I got a problem. I need some help. I need some help. I need you to come over to my house and help me to clean the house. I need you to help me dig and, and dive down into and let's clean house. And one of the great things that's offered here at Covenant Church is deliverance prayer. If you don't know about deliverance prayer, let me just tell you that you don't need to be scared of deliverance prayer. People hear about deliverance prayer and they're like, "Woo! I done seen that at the movie theaters. I ain't, hey, look, I love the Lord and I am a Christian, but I ain't even about to be up in that deliverance prayer room. I'm going to tell you what, here's what deliverance prayer is. Deliverance prayer is focused prayer to the point of what is your problem. No more of this blanket, Lord, just save me. Lord, just help me. Lord, whatever it may be. I mean, just as people that pray these prayers, they say, Lord, they're at an altar. Lord, whatever it may be, Lord, just save me. Lord, just help me. Just, Lord, I pray that you would just, just, just touch me, Lord. Just. And he's like, don't play ignorant with me. I mean, look at, look at Cain. He said, I don't know. He said, where's your brother? I don't know. You come to an altar and, and, and you raise your hands and you, and you want forgiveness, you want the Lord to touch you in your need, why don't you speak out from your mouth what's your need? Lord, I need deliverance from this issue. This is what is my problem. Don't be trying to give some just big cover-up prayer. Just, this is us, some people at the altar. Just, just a big blanket, just, yeah. Because I don't really want to get focused in on what is the actual problem. Well, the actual problem is I've got a lot of rolled up paper here. This is some sin. I've got some sin right here. This is exactly, this is the sin. This is the addiction that I have. I have spoken to it. I went to deliverance prayer room and they prayed a specific prayer exactly to my, exactly. It was under there. It's been covered up, but we prayed exactly to it. We focused in on it. We came in. We honed in on it, and we prayed with the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we come against this addiction. Addiction, you must leave in the name of Jesus. But it didn't work. What you gonna do? Quit? How many in here feel like you just a quitter? Nobody in here. We're not a quitter. No. What do we do? I'm coming back next Sunday night. I'm coming back next Sunday night, Pastor. I'm coming back next Sunday night. We're going to get this. We're going to find this, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get that out of here. There's still a little bit there, though. There's still, man, there's just still, I got this hurt, habit, or hang-up. What is it? I don't know what it is. There's something, there's something right here. But many people want to say, God didn't heal me. He didn't fix me in one prayer, so I just quit. No, 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 no. You have spent a lifetime in sin. You have spent a lifetime 
putting stuff under this rug. I mean, that bed, underneath that bed was full. That closet is full. It's just like one more thing, one more thing. Can we get one more thing in here? Just, just, just kick, just press in that door. Press in that door. Just barely get that door shut. Everybody comes over. Hey, how's everything going? Dude, well, your house is so clean. It looks good. It smells good in here. Yeah, I've been spraying my Holy Ghost Febreze, my spiritual Febreze all over this place. Everything looks so good. It's like, it looks, looks great. Hey, uh, why don't we play some games tonight? Y'all want to play some games? Y'all got some games? I bet you got some games in this club. Whoa, 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 don't open that door. <laughs> what, I thought maybe you had some games in this little coat closet. Maybe you have some games in here, like we can play Scrabble or we play some Uno or something like that. It'd be fun. Dude, don't open that door. Because if you open that door, your back fixing to be across the living room and it's going to spring open so hard, you're going to go through this wall. I'm telling you right now, you are surrounded by a church full of people, full of comeback stories that we are like, oh yeah, open that door. <laughs> open the door, baby. Open it. Let it all fall out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I've seen that one before. I've seen that one before. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, we got that. I seen somebody deliver to that last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay, though. Open the door. Let it come out. Let that come out. Go to somebody you trust. Find somebody in here you trust. If you can't find anybody else, find me. And say, man, Pastor... I've been covering up stuff. I have stuff under my rug. Pastor, you just don't know. Oh, really, really. I promise you, it didn't take long. About almost coming up on three, or just three years here recently for us pastoring. It, it didn't take long. And I feel like I've seen like everything. <laughs> everything. I tell people when they come in, they, we counsel them, we talk to them. I'm like, hey, it's okay, dude. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. So just let it out. Let it out. Because this it's what you need. You need to quit sweeping it under the rug. It is time to clean house. Time to clean house. I want to tell you a story that's funny. There's a, there's a little boy who consistently getting in the mud puddle. And he's, he's always just splashing around in the mud puddle and his and his mother is just so aggravated at him. And, and she goes to him and she says, Look, would you please? I'm so tired. I've only got so much of this spray and wash and, and soaps. And, you know, it's tight around here. Stop getting so nasty in the mud puddle. Just, I'm telling you, if you get in that mud puddle one more time, I will beat you. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever given your child a sermon? Like, Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, Jesus. And they, they feel like, oh, my mother's praying for me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. My mother's praying for me. No, I'm saying a prayer to myself. I am praying self. I am telling you self in the name of Jesus. Do not smack this child into the, into the universe. Up with the stars, Lord, I will. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, thank you, Lord, for your grace. But this is the kind of conversation she's having with this little boy who just gets in the mud puddle, gets in the mud puddle, gets in the mud puddle. And she, she feels like 
Many times we come to the altar, we pray, and I just had a, 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 thank you, Jesus. It's all good. It's good. I feel like it. It's good. I left it here. I left it here. I left it here. I left it all here. Look, I got it all out. Everything's here. I left it. I left everything. I got everything. I got everything. I got every. Oh, yeah. Way back over there. Yeah. I got everything out at the altar. And she feels like she's had that moment with him. Everything's good. But he goes, she looks out the kitchen window and she looks out there at the mud puddle and there's the mud puddle and the kid's over there and he's just kind of looking at the mud puddle. You know, we look at our sin, we get around our sin, we get around some of those same friends and we're like, I want to leave that alone but come Friday night, I want to kind of hang out with them. I want to just kind of touch the puddle. Oh yeah, just man, I remember the times when it was so much fun. He she looks out there, he kicks his shoes off. He's just touching it. This is the moment you need to reach out to your accountability partner. This is the moment that you need to do like Joseph did. And you need to run away from sin. You run away. But he didn't. And she looks out there and the next thing she knows, he is in that mud puddle and he just... We have seen it. I've seen my boys do it. They get in the puddle, and there's something about boys. And they see mud and water, and they're like, I'm fixing to smash this puddle up, baby. I don't know why I want to do this. My brain, I'm four years old, and there's something about me that's drawn to this puddle. I just literally want to get in there and just go, smash, smash. That is so much fun, guys. Anybody remember four years old just smashing a mud puddle? I don't remember it, but I'm sure I did it. Yes. So she sees him doing it. My mother said, oh, yes, you did. My mom had a, a, a stock of spray and wash. So she sees him doing it, comes back in the house. Why? I mean, give your mother a break. I've got to work. I've got to cook. And now I've got to clean your nasty clothes. Why did you do it? He says... Excuse me, I'm just breathing hard. Let's get that out of the way. She says, he says, the devil made me do it. And she says, son, you've been to Sunday school. I've taught you. You've read your word. I've given you Bible stories. I read to you at night. I pray with you. And don't you know that you, all you have to do is say, get thee behind me, Satan, and he will flee. And he said, mom, I did it. I prayed that prayer. I prayed it. And he got right behind me and he pushed me right in the puddle. <laughs> My point to that story is be careful what you blame on the devil. Be careful that you don't blame the devil for you over here flirting with your sin, back with your buddies. I want to get away from drugs. I want to get away from alcohol. I want to get away from running around with my wife. And not only are we just looking at it right here on the top, but we got to, we're down to the point where we're like up under the rug and we're climbing up in the rug. We're getting up there with our sin. And then what are we going to do? Oh, I can't wait for Sunday to get here. I need to come up there and hear that cove. Covenant worship team and just get everything back on the altar and just pray and get it all out. And I'll just, I can't wait to get back to the church. I need a moment with God. Oh, I've got to have a moment with God. I really need it because I'm so sick of living. I'm so tired of smelling this stink. I'm so tired, Lord, in the name of Jesus.
Lord, move in a mighty way in my life. It's not working because you're not going to the source. You're not going to the root of the problem. Man, it is all over my phone. It's all over everything up here. I'm going to remember this sermon. When I turn into Genesis, it smells like it. Lord, help us. Page three. So back on the mind, will, and emotions. Think of them as a tool. In the same way a broom is a tool. You use to hide things, to have a fake clean. We can likewise do the same thing with our own stubborn will. It is your stubborn will. It is your own mind, will, and emotions that you override the spirit. You pray this. Spirit of God, help me. Spirit of God, help me. And right at the point where you're just kind of flirting with the mud puddle, just touching it, just want to see the ripple in the water, and something says, you, you, you know, listen to the voice of God. You have a mind and will and emotions. You must master it. You must walk away. You get your tail in gear. Prepare your heart for action. Action is for you to turn away from sin. But many of us want God to literally grab us and drag us away. Because he's not going to do that. Because what in the world does that look like? You're literally reaching for your sin and, and God dragging you away. But I want it. But I want it. He says, fine. Forget you. Go get it then. You can have it. Because you know why? If you're going to be like that, the Bible says he'd rather do this. I spit you out of my mouth. That's how he sees us doing this. But I love it. But I, I enjoy it. I want it. You can have it. Go ahead. Because if you don't want me, if you won't live for me with your whole heart, I don't want you either. Oh, but no, no. You died on the cross for everyone. Everyone's going to heaven. Everyone shall be saved. No, all they have to do is just say they love you. Um, men, we, you don't go to a marriage ceremony and say, I love you. I agree to this. I'm actually going to sign the marriage contract. You have everything. Mine, what's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. We are now one. I'm not coming back to the house for about six months to a year. I'm not going to tell you I love you. I'm not going to send you a card. I'm not going to give you flowers. I'm going to have zero relationship with you. Matter of fact, I had you sign a prenuptial agreement with me because I might just quit you at any moment. And if you want to quit me, I don't want you taking what you have from me or what I have to give to you. That's not a relationship. So don't think that you have a relationship with God. What you have is fake religion. What you have is a fake relationship with God. You have this spiritual Febreze. You feel like, I am close to God. I am so close to God. When was the last time you read your Bible? When was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you did it with some real fervency? When was the last time you came to a prayer meeting? When was the last time you stayed consistently going to church all the time? When was the last time you scheduled a trip to make sure that you, the trip didn't involve uh, interrupt some church or your obligations or what you have going on? And church and God and God and God, I don't want to say just church, but God becomes number one in your life to the point of you will schedule, rearrange, change Quit this job, talk to that boss and say, I can't work anymore on this day because that is the Lord's day. 
I can't do this anymore because I have committed my life to God. A hundred percent. You don't realize, Mr. Manager. You don't realize, Mr. Supervisor. This is number one. Right here. This is what takes me to heaven. My relationship with God. And so I have to make that number one. Sin stinks. It's time to get clean. It's time to clean the house. Luke 22, 31 through 32. Praise team, come on up. This is when Jesus is speaking to Simon. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Go ahead and play that video. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Simon, check this out. This is, some, this is actually some sifting of some wheat. Some farmers doing this. I found this. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, when you have turned back, so it's not always just about you, but when you have turned back, he says this, strengthen your brother. That's in Luke 22, verses 31 through 32. He says, I have desi- the Satan desires to sift you as wheat. And play that one more time, that video. If we watch this, what this is, is they throw it up in the air and the wind... You know, the Bible, I believe, says something about being tossed about by winds. And just, you're just, every, everything that comes along, you just get, just taken off the focus. Okay, we're going to get on the dog now. I forgot that was in there. I'm sorry. So let's go back to the sifting. And so this is what Satan desires to do. This is the analogy that Jesus gives Simon. He says, Satan desires to sift you. And he want, the way I want you to see it, Simon, is he wants to separate you. He wants to separate you from the love of God. He wants to separate you from me. It's time to stop hiding and time to start looking. I'm turning to Luke. I'm almost there. Chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 verse 8. gracious thank you Jesus the parable of the lost coin or suppose Luke 15 verses 8 through 10 or so if y'all put that up there I'll read it to you here we go this is the parable of the lost coin or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one does she not light a lamp sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it and when she finds it she calls her friends and neighbors together and says rejoice with me I found my lost coin in the same way I tell you there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents so quit sweeping like this where what you're doing you are sweeping to hide You're hiding things. But rather, take your mind, will, and emotions and rather change it and start looking. She found that coin. She swept and she cleaned. It was a parable. And and she she used that mind, will, and emotions. And and don't use your mind, will, and emotions to to take the stance of, I'm going to hide. I'm going to hide from God. I'm going to hide from God. Adam and Eve, they did the same thing. They sinned, and, and immediately they begin to hide from God. Hide, hide, hide. Do you not realize, do we not realize He offers a way to clean our hearts, to clean our soul? He's right there just waiting. He's like, just bring it out. Bring it out. Let me see it. Let me see it. It's okay. 
It's okay. Open that closet door. And it's clean. And you feel so refreshed. It's new. Don't sweep it under the rug, folks. Y'all stand with me. I'm through. It is time to take a stand against the devil and sin and quit giving in. Just simp- just quit giving in. How many of you would join with me today and you'll say, I want to fight. I want to fight against the devil. I want to resist the devil. Now, how many of you will join with me today and say, I'm, I'm really going to do it. I'm really going to do it. I'm not going to just talk about it. I'm not going to be carrying around my spiritual Febreze. I don't, I'm, I'm tired of the stink. I'm going to get rid of the stink. I'm going to get rid of the sin. Don't cover it up anymore. Don't cover it up anymore. This scent, that if it's worked its way back there, I mean, if, if you literally can smell this Odo band back there in the back, she, she's raising her hand. I smell it. She says, I smell it. Hang around long enough. Come back tonight. Look, plug for tonight. Six o'clock, prayer. No guilt here. But I'm telling you, you're missing out. If you don't get involved, Sunday night, 6 o'clock prayer. If you can't pray but 30 minutes, praise God. Start your week off right with 30 minutes of prayer, power-packed prayer. Do something different for a change. Just show up. But I promise you, this smell will be gone tonight. When you show up at 6 o'clock, it won't be here. Don't live a lifestyle where you have a moment, a moment We need to quit having moments at the altar. Moments. We need to have moves. Stop having a moment. Come here. This this is a moment. This this is just a moment. This is just... Gotta go. I'll see you. Oh, Lord. I wasn't going there. Look, but look... Look, I mean, there's a difference, and, it, and it's, we're we're here, we're locked, in, we stay together, but just just we're just gonna have a moment, and I'll see you next Sunday. But for right now, just that's our moment. Hey, she knows I love her. I came to church Sunday morning. He knows I love him. I, I gave him the offering. God has blessed me with. Listen, be careful how you feel like God. You have ever. I'm blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. Do you know how wealthy I am? I am very wealthy. I am actually in this town, in this area, I am, I am rich. And I have not given a penny of what is, it's not mine. It's already God's. And he's saying, well, can I trust you with my fortune? Can I trust you with my blessings? Can I trust you with more? Maybe you feel like you're very successful. You're like, God has raised me up. I always wanted to make $100,000 a year, and now you're there. And God had plans for you to make a million dollars a year, but with that $100,000 a year, you won't give an ounce of it because, well, my goodness, when back when I was a kid, I gave $5 in tithes, and it was the best thing ever, and God blessed me. But I don't know about giving this $100. That's a little too much, and I don't really know what they're going to do with that. I'm telling you what, it's God's, He's given it to you, and you are not giving it back to Him. It's not even giving, it's returning. I'll give you this, will you return back to me? And 
listen, I don't want to harp on it, but it's a dangerous place to be in because I know for a fact that thieves will not enter into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible says, he's, where have we robbed you, God? Where have we robbed you? He says it in his word. Read it. He says, you have robbed me with your tithes and your offering. So everything is good. Everything is good. And boy, I volunteer and there's this big old honking thing in my life and it's right there in the smack dab middle with the coming of the Lord and he says I will not have thieves in the kingdom of God everything is good everything is good except this one big fat thing right here and he said you robbed me good Lord help me that is not in my notes I don't know why in the world I said that maybe somebody needed to hear that I'm through I'm, I'm ending with this I'm tired of sweeping things under the rug. I want to be swept up with God at the coming of the Lord. Amen? How many of you can raise your hands today and you say, I will do what it takes. I don't want you to say just this. I want to be swept up in in glory. I want to be swept up in heaven. Well, duh. Everybody in here raises their hand on that one. We all want to be going to heaven. We all want to be swept up into heaven. We all want to be swept up in the rapture. Of course, nobody's going to want to go to hell. But here's what we gotta be, here's what we gotta say. I wanna, I wanna do the right thing. I wanna change my lifestyle. I wanna give to God what everything that is His. And I'm gonna quit stealing and robbing from God. And not only this, what I was talking about here, but some talent, some talent, and some time. Give your time to God. Give your talent to God. Give your treasure to God. Why do you have a talent? Atlanta, you can play that violin so beautifully. It's a God-given talent. You play those drums awesomely. It's a a God-given talent. It's easy to give that. Some of you give a lot of time to the church. You volunteer. It's, it's, but there's a spot. There is a spot for everybody, whether it be treasure, time, talent. It's one of those. There's an area where you're like, ah, I feel like God's calling me to do more, but I just I don't want to go there. Listen, get involved. Get involved. This church is growing exponentially. We're right on the cusp of having this place so full that we just got to knock out more walls and be like, well, we're going to have to build another sanctuary guess what you got to have provision for vision so when the lord moves on your heart to do more for him my goodness do it for the kingdom of god you're not doing it for me you're not doing it for anybody here no leaders everything is getting poured back into the ministry and the work of God. We want to build schools. We want to have men's homes. We want to have women's homes. We want to have everything that's available to this community to touch and reach this community. It's all about Him. Everybody say all glory to God. All glory to God. They're going to sing right now and this is going to be a time where if you this message hits you it hits you right between the eyes if it hits you right here I want you to know that I will pray with you somebody else will pray with you if you don't want to come to the altar and pray at the altar raise your hands where you're at but be careful that you don't just have a moment have a move have a move I want y'all to sing what do you got what song you got make room oh make room and I will make room. Sing it, babe. 
Here is where I lay it down. Come on, church. Every burden, every cloud. Have a move. This is my It's time surrender. to have a move. Not just a moment. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender.
great over one sinner that repents. The problem with that is when we all feel like we're saved. But I feel like the Lord is saying, I want to have a house party in heaven right now. And I want to celebrate every saint that's been acting like a sinner. And we're going to clean out from under the rug. And heaven's going to get to have a house party right now. So I want everybody to just lift your hands. Lift your hands. I'm going to ask Sarah to sing that again. Get real with God right now. Heaven wants to rejoice over you. I know you're a saint. I know we're all saved. Come on, let's get that stuff out that's causing us to act like sinners. And let's let heaven somebody else and I might be a little self-righteous and I might just be rotten at times so maybe it's not tangible things that people see come on I'm reaching for the religious person that's like me raised in this but got a rotten self-righteous attitude come on all of those like me lift your hands right now and just say God I'm gonna give it to you you can change me I'm so used to your presence and I can be in your presence and then I walk away and still just feel better about myself than you feel about me. Sarah, sing it one more time. Come on, we're digging right now. We're digging. Jealousy has got to go. Envy's got to go. Materialism's got to go. Break down the walls of all my Bad stewardship got to go.
the Lord loves you so much. Let's vow this week that we're going to, to give more to Him than we've ever given to Him. I promise you, you, you'll never regret committing to Him even more and more and more as the days come. More and more. You'll read His Word and you'll say, I'm going to read a chapter this every day this week. And you'll find yourself in a couple of weeks, you'll be reading two chapters. Or you might have a little bit of time before you got to go to work and you're about seven, eight chapters in on something and the Lord is speaking to you and conviction is moving in your home. And not only do you read it for yourself, but then later on that night as the kids gather around the table, you say, hey guys, I got to tell you what I read this morning. The Lord touched me and we got to make a change in our home. We got to do something different. Why, Daddy? Well, let me show you, son. And you'll begin to be the influence that you need to be. On YouTube, look it up. There are influencers. I'm looking at a whole bunch of influencers right here. We have got to influence this world. Do the work. Get out there. Grab a card. Tell somebody your testimony. Tell your children how God has saved you and changed you. Give your children hope. Give your family hope. It's powerful. The best thing you can tell anybody is what God has done for you. And if He hasn't done anything for you, just hang around because it's coming, baby. God loves you. We love you. I want to say something really quick before you go. Because I was super convicted in this sermon today. Very, very convicted. And so here's what we want to do. We repent. We repent for where God has stirred us up, but we are not condemned. So leave this place convicted but not condemned. The Bible says there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Here's how you know the difference. Conviction makes you want to get up and run to Jesus and run to the altar. Condemnation makes you want to quit. Do not leave this house feeling like quitting. If you feel condemned rather than convicted, come here right now. We're going to knock the enemy off of your back. This is not a sermon to make you quit. This is a sermon to make you repent. And then there is restoration after repentance. There is no condemnation. Do not leave this house condemned. We're convicted, repented, restored. In Jesus' name, amen.